Hello, and welcome to episode 283 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Leslie Julian and A.J. Mason, creators of Headcases, coming to Crowdfunder June 21st, 2022. This is Matt. Leslie, thanks so much for, for coming back on the podcast. Lead, let's lead things off with you. Let's start off with a, a quick bio um, and then maybe a little bit about the, this book that's coming to Crowdfunder. Yeah, I'm uh, Leslie Julian. I am a writer extraordinaire. I have uh, written a bunch of shorts and uh, previously on the show for Savage Wizard, co-written with uh, Doug Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, and just, uh, you know, I kind of grew up writing for, for a long time. And uh, a couple of years back, I think it's maybe like seven years ago now, I just said, hey, why don't I try to start writing comics and kind of uh, hopped online and slowly started to figure out the process. And uh, I wrote a bunch of uh, one pagers and I uh, did comics experience for a little bit. I was in a, a collaborative group called the uh, Comic Jam for a bit where I cut my teeth and learned to write a lot of uh, short comics. And from there, I just kind of started doing stuff that was a little bit longer and then four page AP comics. I kind of did a couple conventions and then I just started saying like, hey, like I, I want to put something uh, bigger out and uh, kind of uh, did something uh, 2019 called Ghost Gauntlet with Sam Owen. That was uh, one of my uh, longer comics. I think that's about like a 16 page comic. Uh, that was really fun. And we just kind of put that together like right before SPX 2019. Um, from there, I have done some other random stuff and again, on to Savage Wizard and, and now Head Cases. Awesome. So is there one of you two guys that want to tackle to tackle the elevator pitch? Uh, do you guys have one you think has it uh, nailed down a little bit better than, than, better than the other? Uh, I'll go for it. Uh, okay. R- right now, the one I, I, I like to give a lot is it, it's kind of a uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets up uh, Pulp Fiction. It's kind of quick elevator pitch. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And uh, AJ, uh, let's uh, let's get a let's get a bio about yourself, and then we'll we'll get more in depth about this this book. Okay. Um, so I'm AJ Mason. Uh, I'm a writer and letterer. Uh, I've been writing comics um, officially, I would say, for like four years um, so far. Um, and actually now hearing also a little bit about Leslie's journey. Mine's also started sort of similar. I started by uh, writing like one pagers or like just short comics until I finally graduated to like one shots, which was some of the one shots I actually either published with a small publisher or just self-published. Um, and now I'm working on head cases. Um, I had a successful Kickstarter that um, we just funded on, I think, April. Um, and I also have a graphic novel trilogy with uh, IDW in the, in the works. Um, that is gonna, the first book is going to come out around the end of 2024. So that's something that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So I'm going to jump back over to Leslie. Leslie, um, is part of the the approach of starting off with, you know, smaller stuff, one pagers, four pages, is that from your comics experience um, sort of background? Because I, too, am a sort of, a, I guess we're considered alumni of, of right. that uh, that group. And, you know, I, I the intro to writing class, it's like, you know, let's do a five pager because, you know, mm-hmm. you, you learn a lot of skills to be able to be concise and, and, and tell a story. So is that some of your philosophy for sort of starting off small and, and, and building as, as you go? Yeah, it, it definitely comes there from there. Um, yeah, I did that same class with Angie Schmidt and I did like a five pager 
And um, that was a lot of fun. But honestly, even before that, I had always just seen a lot of people say, you know, don't do your epic your first time out. Don't do your big epic. And I actually did kind of do that mistake. Um, me and Sam, we had something that uh, we kind of eventually shelved. And it is this pet project of mine that I will go back to. And just looking back at it now, it's like, oof. Like, <laughs> I wrote five, uh, no, four issues of this thing. And I definitely have to retool it. But like, you just kind of learn a, a lot about the process, you know, trying to, uh, do so much at that time, but when when you're yeah, especially in the beginning of parts of your career and trying to uh, do anything longer, it's almost like you're you're a sculptor mm-hmm. and you have this big you know block of marble and trying to, to do something more detailed, more fine. Like you're not going to be able to put together like a, a Michelangelo's David, you know, like there's just no way it's it's not going to happen. So I, I kind of learned that the hard way, and I kind of stepped back and I, I did a lot of one pagers and I. I would say, I, I think just being able to tell like a, a concrete story at the beginning, middle end, one or two pages is a lot harder, honestly, than, than a longer story. So mm-hmm. I think that's really where you learn to, to make your storytelling a lot more precise. And, and that's helped me a ton, I think. Cool. So let's, let's now talk about how you two guys decided to, to link up and, and you know, be co-writers of, of this book. How, how did that sort of uh, come together? Um, so I initially uh, approached Leslie. Um, I saw his work. I, I read a lot of his short comics before I approaching him, actually, and also saw uh, Savage Wizard with Doug Wood. Um, and then I uh, always wanted to, to, to like tackle like co-writing with someone. So I asked Leslie, and uh, he was nice enough to, to take me on. And uh, we actually started... Um, First of all, we brainstormed and we came up with this like Robin Hood fantasy idea that like we felt it, it like we just felt that it, it didn't go anywhere. Um, so after like a little break, then we came back together um, and started thinking about another idea. And we started to come up with this idea about like these two board teens and they they're in the subway and they decide like on a whim to steal a bag, a men's bag. And then once they see what's inside it, then they understand that they get they got way way more in over their heads and mm-hmm. they're now like stuck in this life and death situations basically and you know a lot of interesting and um, dramatic stuff happens from there. Very cool. Well, that sort of with the elevator pitch we got earlier, this gives us a little bit more, and we can see where the uh, the two properties that you put together, Ferris Bueller and and Pulp Fiction, with with that description, how that would uh, how that you know you you came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the co writing um, process like? Are you um, trading pages? Are you you know handling different aspects of the of the story? Is is one guy like taking like draft one and another guy's coming in doing draft two? What what's the co-writing, co-creating process like once you have the idea and then you want to sort of you know flesh it out and, and you know create drafts? How how are you handling that? Okay, you want to jump on that one? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so the way we did the, the script um, is Leslie just uh, we sort of decided to like uh, divide it. So basically we, we actually only have the first, uh, first issue script done. So what we, we did basically is Leslie would take the, the first, the first like issue and write the script. And then I would go in and I would be sort of the editor 
uh, I would say, okay, this works, this doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? And what do I think is going to be better than what was there? Um, and then the the idea was that like in the second issue and the third issue and all that, we can like rotate and in the second okay. issue, I'll write it and so on and so forth. Um, so basically it was like that. And then after that, we of course uh, gave it to a few of our uh, good friends and we asked them for advice and then, you know, built from there. Very, that's very cool. That's a, it's an interesting, um, interesting way to do it. You know, I've heard people sort of like, work on it as sort of like a living document, almost like a Google doc and going in and commenting, but to have one of you guys sort of work as writer on an issue and one guy work as sort of an editor on an issue, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, do you guys make sure that like, you know, a lot of times in um, in comics and in, in, in single issues, you like to sort of end on, on you know, momentum uh not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be a cliffhanger but you know a lot of sort of superhero comics and, and comics that are told in single issue it's a cliffhanger you know you, you tell a complete story but then you like add a little bit extra in to make the people want to come back for the next one did you guys ever go hey man don't uh don't set me up with such a you know crazy cliffhanger that i, I you know i have to like you know really figure out how to get out of this jam when in the next issue uh not so much only because we ha have the whole series outlined okay. so like we we kind of knew like what the some of the beats were going to be and stuff like that so that wasn't so much of an issue uh going into it you know <laughs> cool so and then now let's talk about the rest of the the art team um are these mm -hmm. new uh individuals that you're working with or are these people that you've worked with on, on previous projects can you talk a little bit more about the rest of the creative team um in terms of the creative teams uh we I, I work with all of the rest of the creative team for the first time uh, too, but there are, um, most of them uh, like experienced artists. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with Paolo Sampaio, who I don't think has any publishing, any published stuff yet, but is going to have a lot of, of that soon. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also working as a colorist. We work with uh, Warnia K. Sahadewa. I hope I pronounced her last name correctly. And she's a colorist for uh, books for like uh, that got published in Mad Cave Studios um, and Lionforge, if I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken, and other publishers that are really, you know, well known. And we also work with uh, the letterer Micah Myers, um, that also is very well known in the industry. And he was um, he had enough time in his schedule to also fill us in, so we were really lucky for that mm -hmm. um so yeah for me it was the first time working with them uh aj was there ever any thought of of you um uh being the letterer on the book um there was actually thought about it yeah uh we we had a back and forth on it but then we decided maybe it's it'd be better to like just have everyone like basically sort of have their own input if that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense like a letterer doing the lettering thing, the colorist doing the coloring thing, artist doing, yeah. Except for both of us, Leslie and I, that we just had to share uh, yeah. the writing duties. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard sometimes from from writers who are also um, letterers that they they use that last um, stage of, of production, which is normally the lettering phase, to you know perform a final edit because at that point, you know things that look like they work on like a, a on a text document you know but then when you see it you know 
images, word balloons, you're able to sort of uh, change things at, at that point. But, you know, um, I've worked with Micah before and, um, you know, he's Ringo nominated. So I'm pretty sure, you know, once you hand this stuff over to him, you get, you know, professional level lettering that doesn't doesn't need much after after that. Definitely. Yeah, we we had like maybe one round of revisions. Uh, but after that, it was like amazing. So um, are you guys um, looking together at various stages of, of the productions, like um, when pencils come in, when, when you know, inks? Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe your artist was, was a digital artist. So, was, you know, sometimes you're waking up to or during the course of the day, you get a notification, an email mm -hmm. that that new artist coming in. Um, is, or are you guys collectively working as sort of project managers? Because, you know, for lack of a better term, a lot of times in the indie, you know, indie scene, the, the, the writer, the creator also works as sort of like a project manager and is coordinating, you know, where everything is. So did you d divide that up or did you guys just sort of handle that together as, as things came in? It's funny you say that. I, I, I... As far as I can recall, I remember us doing it kind of separately in terms of like, okay, I'd look at the art and then Adrian would look at it and we kind of both get together and like, okay, like this looks good or like, hey, did you think there's an issue here? Like, do we need to tweak this? Um, so now that you say that, I was like, I mean, that's a good idea to just go ahead and do it all once instead of you really have to do it three times because first you do it by yourself, then AJ does it and then we get together. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'd be writing out of stuff, but that's pretty much primarily how, how we did it, if I remember right. Cool. And so, you know, um, you, you said that you found this artist that doesn't have a lot of, you know, art out there and, you know, you guys are anticipating, you know, when people see his work, that's, that's going to happen. Um, did you guys go out on an internet search for, for an artist and, you know, post on various, you know, Facebook groups and, or, or look through, you know, DeviantArt, Instagram for, for folks? How did, how did you find the, the, the artist for this book? Yeah, we pretty much went on ArtStation and then we found Paolo and we fell in love with his art. Um, and we just decided to, to contact him and see if he's gonna be on board. And again, luckily, like all, all those people were, um, had enough time, were like interested in the, in the book and were excited for it. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So we, we've talked a lot about sort of the, the creation of the idea. You know, we have issue one, you guys know where you're eventually gonna get to. Um, does that um, a bit of an outline let you know about how many issues you, you think it's going to be uh, when, when you get to that point? Yeah, we already had a plan out for a four-issue miniseries. I mean, if things get crazy, maybe make it a five-issue, but we, we know at, at least, again, like where those beats are going to go. So we're planning on like a, a four-issue miniseries to tie everything up. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, I, I you know, most Marvel books that, that get collected as a trade is usually a, a five issue series, but it seems like a lot of um, things that aren't put together as collections from from the big two, Marvel and DC, tend to be closer to that that four issue, um, you know, uh, four issues sort of collect those together. You know, a lot of the boom uh, studios mm -hmm. books those are those are four single issues then they get collected sort of like works really well with like you know act one act two act three um to to, to do it in four issues um fingers crossed if things go uh really well do you do you hope to to have a collected um edition at some point uh in the future 
Um, yeah, I, I think definitely. Um, we, it's something that we need to, to start uh, discussing, discussing Leslie and I, but I definitely yeah. think it's a, it's a possibility. And also for, for, the first, for the fourth issues, for the fourth issue where actually something that I'm excited about is that like the fourth issue in, in hopes that like all the other issues are going to get funded, the fourth issue is going to be actually like just a mega sized issue. So like two comics basically in one. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be like 48 pages or 50. I can't really remember right now. Um, so that's also going to be really exciting. So we have more pages once the collected edition uh, will go out. But uh, yeah. And if things are working sort of best case scenario, you know, your, your art is, is, is hitting on the time that you're hoping, you know, you're, you're taking things to crowdfunding. How often are you, you hoping to, to, you know, bring a new issue? Is it every, every six months, every, every four months, what, uh, what sort of pace are you hoping to be able to, to, to hit if things are going as, as you plan? Six months would be the goal. Um, well, it's funny we say that, yeah, when we first met Paolo, like he didn't have a ton of credits. I think he had a little bit, but not a ton but now it's funny now that we say all this like he's definitely getting busier so we'll see kind of what his schedule dictates now he mm -hmm. definitely has picked up uh, a couple more uh, publishing um, credits uh, since we worked with him so it's really just going to depend on um, Paolo's availability very cool so if you guys could educate me a little bit on on crowdfunder um you know I have run books on kickstarter I've backed books on kickstarter um I've never run an Indiegogo, but I've, I've backed books on Indiegogo. Can you guys sort of uh, let me know what Crowdfunder does that these these other crowd, you know, funding sites uh, do, and and why you made a decision to to go with uh, Crowdfunder? Yeah, so um, it, it's not all that different than um, you no know, Kickstarter or any other place, um, but at, at the time of when we were thinking about um, crowdfunding uh, head cases. Uh, pretty much, you know, Kickstarter had kind of gotten, um, I don't know, that little bit of controversy with the the whole um, crypto thing. Mm -hmm. So we were just kind of maybe looking around a little bit more than we would have in the past. And we said, um, I, I actually, I think we, we were approached by uh, uh, someone uh, with, with uh, crowdfunder and they they kind of mentioned it to us and we kind of heard it out and we had a few meetings and actually we we really liked what we were hearing basically they had no interest in uh, stepping their toe into the crypto space and they're really uh creator driven um they're uh basically a small enough company where we're talking to the president you know they they oh, really wow. want to uh to make things amenable to creators and they are very open to suggestions and changes since they're you know they're new they they want to um put themselves in a position where creators trust them and i mean I, I think they have some some really interesting things that make them a little bit different than uh, a kickstarter okay. um one of the things that they offer is i'm probably not the best person to explain but basically they have like a three different tier uh, system in terms of you know obviously uh crowdfunding through kickstarter uh, they have the, the fees that obviously the platform has to uh, charge you with though so uh what stripe has their uh fee and also kickstarter has an additional fee on top of that so a crowdfunder one of the, the cool options that they have is you can either have a model where basically um obviously you're getting charged by stripe but also crowdfunder will charge you that same 
whatever it's like five percent that a kickstarter charges you they also have uh basically an option where you would not get charged by them at all so it'd just be just that um stripe um fee that you'd be getting and also they have another uh option where you just be getting that stripe fee and also you can try to have your backers defer your cost so okay. uh just kind of like these modular options that they're trying to put forward to to differentiate themselves just really seemed uh, really interesting and like i said we we really liked the leadership um running the company so we, we were like hey like i mean we're indie people we i, I always love backing underdog underdogs to say hey why not give this um, new platform a shot so we're really excited about the launch tomorrow cool and how are you do you have any plans for leveraging you know you guys both have had success on on other platforms you know kickstarter um, is the hope that maybe you can message the, the backers that you had on previous, um, Kickstarters and go, Hey, you know, you guys backed us on Kickstarter before, but now we're over here. So what, if you want to, you know, jump over here and, and check out what we have going on here. Yeah. So, uh, um, sorry, you can go first, AJ. Oh, good. I just wanted to say like, um, for me, uh, for the, first uh, Kickstarter that I've done for uh, Second Party Invasion, which is an uh, one-shot, um, I'm gonna probably like post an update either today, uh, like tomorrow or the day after um, to just announce that if they liked what I did here and they would like to support me with uh, another thing, this is what I have. And this is more of like, not just a one-shot, it's actually a one part of, uh, of a mini series that I'm trying to put uh, together, which is actually the first time that I'm, I'm doing this, uh, for now. Okay. Um, and then also I just started an email list, um, that I'm gonna try to, to get bigger. So I'll also have multiple updates there. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my way of getting the people that already backed there or were interested enough to actually also sign up to an email list to, to get to where I want them, but also, you know, uh, promote, constantly on on twitter and instagram and and always be like please take a chance on us and and help us you know so yeah cool. and i guess one thing i didn't ask about crowdfunder you know the the big difference between um kickstarter and indiegogo is uh kickstarter is all or nothing you know you, you, if, if you don't hit the funding goal um you don't you don't get any funding indiegogo you sort of get the funding of, of everybody um, who backs. Um, so what's the what's the the funding like on, on Crowdfunder? Is it Kickstarter-like or is it Indiegogo-like? So again, uh, the nice thing about the modularity of um, Crowdfunder is that they actually have options for both. So you can okay. do all or nothing or you can do the Indiegogo method. We're doing all or nothing, but the Indiegogo method is also an option if um, folks like that. Interesting. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, that's also probably a good way to sort of uh, separate yourself um, from the, the two platforms. I mm -hmm. mean, you're, that's the, you know, the biggest aspect of sort of funding for those two. And now it's right. giving you the opportunity to sort of bounce between whatever you, you, you feel more confident in, in, in mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And really another cool. thing, another thing that I would add, and Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong, that I really liked about this, uh, uh, platform is that in in Kickstarter when it comes to Kickstarter you actually when you want to do a printed product you have to think about also shipping it and then ca calculating the ship it, the shipping in the in the funding goal. Mm -hmm. But with uh, Crowdfunder, they told us basically you can just focus when it comes to the goal itself. Um, you can focus on just the production or, or or the printing, but when it comes to shipping, 
the the funder the basically the the people that support it they pay separately for the shipping depending on where they live okay um, so it's just a little less pressure on us to have more of a bigger founder funding goal if that makes sense so i i really like that i idea but am, am i getting it right Leslie? yeah you got it yep yeah and i would i would assume that anybody that's familiar with with you know uh, a kickstarter or an indiegogo probably has a rough ballpark of idea of like you know i'm probably for and I, i'm just throwing out numbers these are not your numbers but like you know it's probably going to cost me three to four bucks to have a, a single issue uh shipped to me because you know a lot of times you know comics creators like us we send it uh media mail that we mm-hmm. can get there for about three to four bucks so you probably know in the back of your mind that like you know once I, I get my invoice you know, to pay that, you know, there's, this is probably what I'm, I'm going to see there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And which is great because, you know, um, of late, I've done a lot of sort of, I'm only shipping domestically um, and I'll do digital rewards everywhere. But my, my first campaign, I was, I, I ended up shipping stuff to Australia and I'm just like in the post office going, well, I'm here and I'm, I'm committed to this. And this is, this is not a pretty number, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's gotta go. So so cool. Um, so, you know, we talked about the, the book. Uh, the book sounds really interesting. Uh, we talked about the team. We talked about, uh, you know, the decision to go to Crowdfunder. Um, but as we sort of tie things up here, let's let's do a couple of things. Let's let people know um, where they can follow you guys um, online. And then um, for anybody, I'm assuming it's very similar to, to Kickstarter. Is, uh, there's probably a search bar um, once you go to, to the main site and mm-hmm. uh, you, you can search that way. We'll, we'll put a link in the, in the show notes, uh, but just talk about where is the best place to follow both of you guys individually. And then I don't know if there's like collective um, social media accounts uh, for the book, uh, but let's just figure out the best places online to, to stay up to date with everything. Yep. I'm uh, Leslie. I'm on Twitter at Les Wright. That's L-E-S-W-R-I-T-E. Instagram is L-E-S underscore W-R-I-T-E. Um, for me, um, both on Instagram and Twitter as at A.G.O. Mason, writer. Um, and also I have a website, uh, agomason.wordpress.com. And for, yeah, for the head cases, you can actually just type headcasescomic.com and it will immediately get you to to the crowdfunder website and where the our campaign will be so uh, very cool so yeah. that's that will be the one that i'll put in the show notes because that sounds like the the best one for for people to yep. do it's it's easy to remember it's easy to type in and, and stuff like that so that that's that'll right. be the one that goes in the in the show notes and i'll link the the social media um, as well do you guys um you know re- recording this on the eve of, of of you know the the launch do you guys have a date or a time in mind when you're when you're going to hit that uh, that launch button tomorrow we were actually just trying to figure that out uh we're thinking 12 eastern tomorrow 12 eastern. so the west coast people can <laughs> have a little bit easier so yeah 12 eastern tomorrow very cool. And I think, you know, you guys are, did you guys plan this out? Um, I guess sort of the collective wisdom is that uh, a Tuesday is the best day to, to launch your, your Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that, uh, far, was far, the, uh, the, or not, I said Kickstarter, but I should say crowd crowdfunding mm-hmm. project. So that was, that was your plan there is to, to launch on a Tuesday. Yeah, it was intentional. We, we heard, yeah, either Tuesday or Wednesday is just one of the better days, like kind of not not too deep into the week something about mondays are bad something about fridays are 
bad. So yeah, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday this. Yeah, I guess collectively we're all sort of back in in work mode and and, and sitting in front of a computer. You know, um, you know, maybe somebody had a long weekend or is 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 ready to start their weekend. So to hit mm-hmm. them in the middle of the week when they're sort of, you know, in front of a computer maybe is is you know part of that that thinking there. Yeah. So, you know, you guys both have run um, Kickstarters before um, and, you know, you guys haven't launched yet, but you guys are, you know, hours away from it. Um, And one of the questions I ask people who are on is what type of, uh, you know, crowdfunder are you? Are you able to, to relax, go do something and then come and check the goal? Or are you, you know, refreshing the page every, every 30 seconds to see, you know, backer counts, funding counts. Uh, what kind of, what kind of uh, mindset do you have when, when you're running a, uh, a crowdfunding campaign? Oh, I'm obsessive. I just refresh constantly. I'm just obsessed with the stats and seeing where people came from. I'm yeah. I just, I just, stay online way too much when when these are going on even when they're not my campaign if it's a buddy of mine i'm just like go numbers yeah. move yeah i've uh i uh, i'm with you i'm a i'm a refresher and that it's it's also nerve-wracking then when you have a, a good friend or something that you're sort of invested in and you you're mm-hmm. sort of watching the numbers as well yeah. uh aj the uh when you ran your kickstarter um how are you were you neurotically uh refreshing or did you get to like go out and take it easy and then come back and go, Hey, the numbers are what the, what they are. What, what, what's your mindset there? Um, actually for, for the first like few days, I was like a maniac. I was like scrolling up and down, refreshing, like looking at tweets, how they're doing all that kind of stuff. And it really took a, like a toll on my mental health, to be honest. Um, so at some, at some point more towards like the end of the campaign, I, was able to relax more, but I think I'm like, also with head cases, it's gonna be the same thing. Like first few days, I'm gonna be like always there online, try to check things up and then see how I can like manage that and not make myself go crazy too much. And uh, I'm guessing it's probably pretty true of all platforms is that, you know, initial first couple of days, there's a rush, dead zone, and then a rush at the end. So you guys are probably anticipating no matter where where you go to to promote your campaign, it's probably going to be that uh, that that same sort of trajectory, you know, at yeah. launch, dead zone, and then you know the folks that are watching it does does it have sort of the same functionality where you can save a project and you you get notifications in the the last uh, you know two or, or or one day. Not sure if it has that um, in the project notification, but there is yeah a, a feature to to kind of see projects and, and track them. So we'll we'll be interested to see uh, checks out. Actually, I'll have to ask um David the uh, the president about that <laughs> after we get off. Cool. Well, you know, guys, I'm I'm really excited. Um, you know, um, it, it sounds really cool. Um, you know, as I've I've read books by you before uh aj i i haven't had a chance to but i'm i'm sure that um i will correct that in the future and uh you know it sounds like you got some you got some big stuff brewing for for 2024 so um you guys have an open invite you know maybe we can come back and talk head cases uh issue two any other projects or certainly when that that big project hits for you um aj let's let's touch base and and, and talk about that so it's uh it's been a lot of fun to, to catch up 
Um, do you guys want to, you know, we had the elevator pitch, you know, we talked about it through, do you guys just want to sort of, as we wrap up, you know, anybody who's still listening, do you want to just sort of give us a little bit more about the book and then, and then we'll close things up. Um, I would say that if you really love crime comics, um, like, uh, for kids walking to a bank, like bug bodies, like the Parker graphic novels, all that kind of stuff. I think you, you would really dig our. Uh, miniseries it's um it's about two kids on the run from like the craziest people imaginable in new york city in 1999 um and it's gonna be a wild ride it's really gonna be a wild ride very cool um so like i said earlier i'm gonna link the uh the website that takes us directly to to the crowdfunder in the show notes i want to make it as easy as possible for anybody listening you know you're you're on your your whatever pod player you're using you know click that open, scroll down, find that, click that, go directly there. Um, I'll also put both of you guys' uh, social media there um, so people can stay up to date. But it's uh, just want to encourage everybody to, to check this book out. Um, you know, if you're listening to this uh, on the day of, um, you know, get there and, and help push those initial uh, first day numbers up. So, um Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'd like to thank everybody um, for listening. If you can give us a rating and review um, on the podcasting service uh, that you use, we really appreciate it. There'll be another link for a Kickstarter in the show notes. That's going to be for Superior Sam, Everybody Needs a Home. Um, that's a book that Noah and I are helping bring to, to Kickstarter with the Ageless Press imprint that, uh, that we have. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to, once again, thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>